Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to It's Rainmaking Time. This is Kim Greenhouse, and I've been in Spain for a few months now, exploring life and work in Europe, considering having a base in Europe, and just got back a few weeks ago from France. Simon Seagull and I did a piece about a bed and breakfast we stayed in and what we felt was a jewel of service in Europe. And on the way back to Spain on a driving trip, I wanted to stop in Marseille. Now, Marseille is said to have a lot of problems with crime. However, because Marseille is considered the third largest city in France, a very big creative hub for theater, and also an industrial complex, I really wanted to drive through Marseille a day before we went back to Spain and stay one night. And I selected to stay in a very, what I thought looked like a middle-of-the-road hotel, not too expensive, at Residome Apart Hotel, R-E-S-I-D-H-O-M-E. When we drove from Antibes into Marseille, the GPS went crazy at the last part when we entered the area and took us way out of our way. It was frightening in an underground kind of environment. When we got into the city, it reminded me of New York and London together, times a thousand at its worst. There was this terrible feeling when you entered the city. It was rough. It was rugged. It was straight. It felt depressed. It felt ruthless. And because I've traveled to many different places in the world, I didn't really want to encourage in my mind or to escalate the feeling I had. There's some parts of Los Angeles you go into, and in 25 minutes you can be in a ghetto, terrible area. And that's true in many places of the world. Some places are incredible, and then you make a wrong turn, and all of a sudden you're in a terrible place. But interestingly enough, because of the very interesting, consistent, positive feedback that I read on Booking.com, I trusted all these great things that people said about this hotel. It's near the train station. The service was good. It's at 10 Boulevard Charles Nedelec, N-E-D-E-L-E-C, 13001 in Marseille. And it's called Residome Marseille St. Charles. So I booked it. I figured for one night, what the heck? Well, when I get there, there's a young person at the front desk, very nice. First of all, we were lost. We couldn't even find the hotel. We were within less than five miles from the hotel, and the person in the hotel could not tell us how to get there. We literally had to hire a cab to lead us to the hotel. And when we get to the hotel, my friend's in the car. I go into the hotel, pay for it, sign in, and then here comes the surprise. The parking is around the block, almost around two blocks, in what is considered a secured parking lot, which I paid extra money for. And you go in through an electronic gate. The area is absolutely terrible feeling. We almost left, but we were so tired. It was torrential rain. It was coming down so hard. We just said, oh, hell with it. Just park the car. We drive in, and then we're given a key, a special key, and my friend backs her car 
into, in the United States, we would say it looks like a storage. If the car was much bigger, she probably couldn't even get out of the car. Neither could I. Backs it up. And we decide that we're so tired and it's raining so hard like torrential rain that we're just going to take some bags of our stuff up for one night we don't care. We leave all my microphones, uh, compact flash drive, Marantz. I leave all my paperwork, copies of legal documents, contracts, two huge pieces of luggage. I took all of my clothes from the United States because, again, she took all of her best clothes from Spain. And we left it in the back. And, of course, it's backed into this private thing. I bring the top of the port down. I lock it. And we leave with our bags, walking out in torrential rain to the hotel. Now, I have to tell you that when you go to booking.com, you have to really pay attention because something I found out about booking.com, you need to know. It's going to come at the end of this story. But many of the pictures you see have been enhanced and don't really show you the truth about where you're going to stay. I will also tell you that I am part of an evidence base of how Booking.com censors feedback, which I really didn't think it did that, but I'm a live example. I left feedback a week or two ago, and they took all of my feedback off as if I left no feedback. So they totally censored my feedback. You should know that Booking.com censors feedback that they don't like about hotels that are working with them, which tells me they serve the hotels and they don't have a commitment to the public who books them. And that's a shame. That's a shame because I left a very detailed, factual piece of feedback that was censored out. So when you go to Booking.com, know that they censor results because I'm a live example. So here's what happened. We stay the night. There is almost nothing safe walking on the streets in this area. There are drug deals happening right in front of your face. It is probably the worst environment I've ever walked in, including in bad areas of Los Angeles. There is an atmosphere in this space of disinterest, hopelessness, and brutality. It was scary to even walk the streets to go get a bite to eat, and there was almost nothing open except one place that served fish. Cabs are outrageously expensive. And anyway, we get back to the hotel. We get up the next morning, and the people working in the area of the breakfast place are unpleasant and unwelcoming. I won't go into it because it's not as relevant as what I'm about to tell you. So we go to the car, and it shows you how sometimes you can walk by something and not even see it when you don't expect it. But when we got to her car, I walked right by it. The garage door that I had locked the afternoon before was open. The car was facing us. There were blood spots on the ground, on the car. My friend's back window was brought all the way down. Somebody or a group of people had stolen everything from that car. Everything. All my clothes from the United States, shoes, everything. All of her things. So we go back to the hotel. We're horrified. 
And the first thing the manager does is intimate to me, to my face, that I probably did not lock the garage, which I did because I showed my friend. I find that outrageous. But let's just forgive that and say they don't want to be responsible. So then they call the police, and the police in Marseille refuse, quote, refuse to make a report, which I find outrageous. Now, either crime is so great or this place has been hit so many times that they don't want to come anymore or it's just total indifference. And I don't know what it is because I'm not used to living in a country that when someone breaks into your property and steals all your things, that the police refuse to come and make a report. I don't know what it is. So the manager, at least, was decent enough to take us to the police station. When we get to the Marseille police station, we're met with a guy there. I can't even tell you the energy he put out. I don't know what to say. He felt like a Nazi to me, okay? And I don't use that word lightly, but I spoke in part French, part English, even though my French is not great, and I explained what happened, and he gave this energy of, get the hell out of here, I don't care. The police sitting with him were laughing, literally laughing in my face. It was really scary to be met with this kind of indifference and contempt. My friend is British, and I'm American, But when I travel, I don't travel holding any kind of prejudices about people or people's past experience with other people. I I travel with an open mind. And that doesn't mean you don't use forbearance and you don't use caution and you don't listen to what other people say, but you try to go in in an open space so that you can invite in the good things and not the bad things. So even though I'd heard about Marseille, I didn't go in thinking, oh my God, we're going to be robbed. No, I didn't think any of that at any time. It was the last thing on my mind. I'm doing what I can to be poised, to be centered, because that's in the best interest of the whole situation. And he basically says to me, go back to the hotel and sit and wait for the police. And I said, sir, someone called you from the hotel. The manager called you and you instructed her to tell us you're not coming. So now we have her drive us here. And now I'm about to make a report and you're telling me go back. Sir, this is not proper. Let me get the manager on the phone since she speaks fluent French. So I put the manager on the phone with him, and she talks him into taking a report. Now, there's nobody but one person in the whole place, one or two people. And he says, sit down. It'll be about an hour. Three hours later, with no Wi-Fi, no ability to do anything, we're sitting in a cold place in the pouring rain. All our stuff is gone. And we've got police that are indifferent and contemptuous. So all I'm thinking about is how to transmute this. And I walk across the street while my friend is waiting to a McDonald's desperate to get a Wi-Fi signal because I had not gotten a Wi-Fi SIM to use Wi-Fi in France and in Spain. They make it so expensive, it's ridiculous. It's not anything like that in the United States. But nevertheless, these countries that complain about their economies that are in the tank certainly don't know how to turn on the lights of the brain and make things affordable for people to be able to function. That's their problem. It became my problem when I entered their country. Nevertheless, I go and I try to use the Wi-Fi there. They invite me in, but it's spotty. I try to call my friend's insurance company. 
she's not able to hear me very well. I send an email to the insurance company and I don't get a response back. So now we've got booking.com that censors feedback. We've got hotel management attempting to facilitate but getting instructions from her boss what she's to do. We've got the Marseille police that could care less. So I start to do a little interview with some guys that were from L.A. who were robbed at gunpoint in one of the best areas of Marseille, and all their stuff was taken. And they were told by the Marseille police to go to Paris and make the report there. (laughs) It's really wild. So we finally get in, and we sit with a very nice woman. At least she felt like a nice person, and... She takes the report. She speaks English and French. She had a good sense of humor. There's another gentleman who came in and stood behind us, didn't introduce himself for quite a while, and takes the report. While she's taking the report, she calls the manager of the hotel. And the manager of the hotel insists that we did not lock the carport, which I find very, very strange. Why is she insisting this? I mean, it doesn't feel right to me. But she wants the police to know that's probably what happened. The report is taken. It took a couple of hours. And I tell them I'm a journalist. I'm sure that it impacted how we were treated in the sense that they know I'm going to write and I'm going to speak about it. Two hours later, we left. We had to take a cab. And we're traumatized, really. So the next morning... The manager of the hotel offers us a night to stay there, an extra night, because her car's damaged. We have a 14-hour drive back from Marseille. It's freezing cold. It's pouring rain. I think that was a nice thing to do, but the hotel also informed us they will not use their insurance on this and that they're not responsible for what happened and that the car parking lot is shared with other people. They can't be responsible. So we're on our own. However, an interesting thing happened, which is that before we went to the police station, an unknown technician, the manager said, needs to see the area, what happened, and needed my key for him to go check it. I think that that was unprofessional and improper. There's nothing to check. He's not a policeman. He had no business taking that key, and nor did he or the hotel have any business going down without me and my friend present. So I didn't like that. I felt that was outrageous. We need law enforcement, not a technician. Another thing I want you all to know is that the key to the carport was unharmed. There was no break-in attempt. Somebody had a key to that. The hotel says they have extra keys, but they would never use it. It's in a lockbox. Frankly, I'm not blaming the hotel, but I do think this was an inside job of people understanding and communication and whether it's people connected to it, people with access. I don't know, but it felt like an inside job. Our bags were so heavy in the back of her car. First of all, they were huge pieces of luggage. To get them out, they scratched up her car. Couldn't have been a one-man job or a one-person job. It had to be at least two to do it fast. I tried several times to interface with her insurance company, and I found them heartless, irresponsible, and reckless with the way they were communicating. 
her insurance company sent a glass company to call my friend. And the glass company would come and repair the window if it was broken glass. But because it wasn't broken glass, they refused to come. By the time this was all happening and being coordinated, it was already getting to be like 1.30 in the afternoon, pouring rain. We were no further to getting her car fixed than getting out of there. So we had several things going on. One, it was extremely dangerous to be there. Two, we didn't trust the law enforcement there. Three, the hotel we felt was irresponsible. Yes, they threw us a bone and gave us an extra night at no charge. They did charge for the parking, by the way, which they never took off the bill. We both felt that we weren't safe being there anymore and that we weren't going to now play around with a Marseille car lot that would fix her car because that could take us into another day or two of being there. So we finally decided to leave. We drove 14 hours back. We were exhausted. We got back at like 2 in the morning. It was a very traumatizing time. The police report was in French. So the insurance company in Spain required that my friend, the client, pay for a Spanish translation. Now notice, what is the cost of doing business? The cost of doing business is if you're telling the client that they're covered when they go to a foreign territory, then cover them, but they didn't. Secondly, they refused to pay for any of the scratches on her car connected to those bags being dragged out of this small space from the back of her car, which never moved, out the car area, the electronic gate, the whole bit. The third thing is they would only pay for her cassette deck and her window being fixed. She was treated very poorly in this, which is just something to note. What am I saying here? What I'm saying is that you and I live at a time where in some places of the world, nobody wants to be accountable or responsible. People, if they can, will take advantage of people that are in a position of vulnerability. When you're traveling, you're in a position of vulnerability. Now, I decided when I got back to Spain, there's so many segments I want to do. We have some upcoming really, really cool segments about what's really happening in Europe. What are the European structures you should know about? What are these trade agreements between countries? What's going on with visas and immigration? What is the Schengen Agreement about? What is the Hague? What can we count on the Hague to do? What is an apostille? We have all kinds of things we're going to be bringing you. Anyway, I want you to know that I'm not sorry we went to France. I am sorry that we stayed in a place that censors the results. Because had we seen people's results about this space, instead of just putting all good stuff, we would have seen a balanced report. A, they don't tell you that their parking that you're paying extra for is not secure and that it's not private and that it's around a block and a half from where the hotel is. So I think that there's misleading things about Booking.com that they need to correct and verify themselves. Everybody talks about trusting these places that supposedly verify things. But when you talk about pictures, people's way of doing business and all that, I think the hotels have basically free license to do whatever they want, even if their pictures are misleading. I spent an hour 
on my comment on booking.com one hour to be able to let the public know the truth about this location and this hotel and the area. And I was censored outright with not even an email back to me. So one, caution on booking.com. Two, if you're in Marseille, do not stay at this location. Three, make sure you read the fine print if you're traveling about what your insurance really covers. Unfortunately, we live at a time of great deception and you have to watch everything. It is unfortunate that all my clothes are gone and people say, what do you mean all your clothes are gone? Yes, all of my clothes that I brought. Oh, except the clothes on my back and that's what I left France with. So for those of you who are interested in hearing about what's happening in Europe and would like to be involved, we're going to be fundraising next week, and we'd like you to participate in working with us to raise a minimum of $15,000 to do the next bit of interviews and segments in Europe. If you've been listening to It's Rainmaking Time, you know that I have not asked you for much, ever, that most of the time, Andy and I just do the shows and offer them to you. But we are asking you to participate now in the interviews and the segments that are going to go on in Europe that will affect the whole United States and the rest of the world. This is Kim Greenhouse. I'm in Spain. I hope you're all well and that this time of the year is good for you. Don't allow the holidays to depress you if you don't have what you want and who you want and the way you want it because there's always tomorrow. It's rainmaking time. This is Kim Greenhouse signing off.